You have not because you ask not. How many believers today are not asking? You know why they're not asking? Because they're not seeking. And you know why they're not seeking? Because they're... Well, I hope that hook hooked you in for today's message. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Light Words with Pastor Scott from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Today, Pastor Scott is joined with wife Marilyn and daughter Kelly. 14. Yeah, could do 14. Okay. And he... I didn't want to get shorted, you know. <laughs> will glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. That's right. So the Holy Spirit is our blessed teacher. Amen. All right. Praise God. Well, who is the Holy Spirit? That's a question many have asked and many have wondered about today. I believe there's nothing more important than the work and person of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. He is the one who brings God into the present tense, know that, and allows us to know the Lord and experience his presence in our lives. It is by the Holy Spirit we experience experience God's power and presence in our lives, only by the Holy Spirit. I pray that your heart will be stirred today and a new hunger will grow in your heart for the Spirit's work in your life. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled with God. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I know you all know my testimony. You've heard it many times. How I received the Lord on a balmy night, Palm Springs, California. People say, where's Palm Springs, California? Well, from here, it's about, what, 100 miles east? Which way is it? I guess so, yeah. And um, we always made our annual pilgrimage down to Palm Springs for spring break, Easter vacation. And it's there that I came to know the Lord. Praise God. Isn't it great that you know the Lord in your life? I know I repeated a lot, but that experience forever changed my life. I walked out of that place washed on the inside, and I was a new person. Therefore, if any person be in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things are brand new. Praise God. Dad, we also had a good morning um, from Josh. Hey, Josh. Hello, Josh. And um, we have another prayer request for family from India because I know a lot really? of them are struggling with COVID. Okay. So, G. Shaw, um, he's, he's our avid listener. He has to pray. Okay, Lord, we send out healing into the, the country of India. Yes, amen. And the nation. And, Lord, we just speak blessing upon them and protection, Lord, and covering. And we speak healing on every person uh, that's there today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, Jesus said you must be born again. <laughs> Why doesn't the world get that? I don't know. But you've got to be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You must be born again. So that night, when I came to the Lord, the sweet Holy Spirit was there uh, ministering to me. Hello, Linda. <laughs> I did not know what times and changes would come and happen in my life after receiving the Lord. You know, we, we don't know about the future, right? But God knows the future because he's in the future. He's in the present and he's also in the past. He's everywhere at once. I do remember feeling, though, that I was washed clean and I was a brand new person. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise God. Now, the first church I ever attended after receiving the Lord was a church called Shekinah Fellowship in Long Beach, California. 
I was only 15 years old when I started attending that church. And uh, I remember going to that church in the evenings, and there uh, I could experience the presence of God. As you entered the building, I remember there was a sense in the air that was charged with something that was alive and different. I'd never experienced the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And this was something new. And it was a work of God. I didn't know at the time that the presence of the Lord was in that place. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew it was something, and I knew it was something I wanted and uh, desired. Amen? Praise God. Some 30 years later, I've never forgotten what I felt that night. I've continued to feel and know as a Christian. Maybe not 30 years. That's more. No, it's more than that yet now. Is What is it? <laughs> Do the math. How do you add 15? I'm actually 63, so, oh, I should. Yeah, let's say over 45. <laughs> Adam, we have a friend from yeah. India, Raj, who says, um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So thank you for watching. We just prayed for India if you missed it. I hope you guys can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit because he's here right now. And he's not just here, but he's there. Here and there. He's everywhere. <laughs> and he's ministering right now. So receive. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Lord would say. Receive his presence today in your life. Hallelujah. I wanted to say, that's yeah. what I was going to say, is that... Um, the anointing is caught more than it's taught. That's right. And you can catch the anointing by just listening to the broadcast, being here at church uh, for those in the local Orange County area, but um, certainly our global ministry. When you're watching this, you're catching the anointing. That's right. You're catching it. Amen. You know, and I've had a lot of experiences with the Holy Spirit, um, and, and many times he shakes me, <laughs> you know. But, you know, a word came, I think it was a you, Casey, maybe, but you were talking about, God's going to come again and shake the earth, heaven and earth, one more time. What's that? And turn, and turn the world upside down, just like in the book of Acts. that says the apostles and disciples turned the world upside down with their boldness and preaching of Jesus Christ. And God's going to do it again. He's going to turn the world upside down. And a mighty outpouring of the Spirit is coming. I didn't know that night I'd be forever changed. And my life has been forever changed. And like I mentioned just a minute ago, I've been shaken by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we came down here to Laguna Niguel. How many years ago was that? Ten? About ten. Ten years ago, started our church down here. And before we started our church, we went to a convention. And uh, they were filming this live via satellite. Uh, the Holy Spirit came upon me and shook me. <laughs> I mean, we used to have a dog named Slater. I miss Slater so much. We were watching pictures of him last night. But, you know, dogs love to grab onto like a towel. towel and then they like to be shaken like this. <laughs> well, that's what God was doing to me. He was shaking me. And, you know, it felt good. I knew it was God. A lot of people didn't know what that was, but the power was all over me, shaking me, stirring me up in God, hallelujah, and filling me up, praise God. And a new anointing came on me, a new anointing of power. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the remotest parts of the world. Praise God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Praise God. Yeah, Oliver says, shake us with the Spirit, Lord. <laughs> you know, and then after I left that church where I experienced the presence and, and, and power of God, I went to an, an, another church, and uh, they were teaching the Bible, which is great. I mean, we need to hear the Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But they taught that the gifts of the Holy Spirit had passed away, or at least the miraculous gifts. 
And it, they said it passed in the apostolic era. When the last apostle died, the miraculous gifts were gone. But the Bible doesn't teach that. And um, the truth is the Holy Spirit still moves in the miraculous realm through signs and wonders, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, gift of faith. And they still operate today. Gift of tongues. Mm -hmm. I hope you all speak in tongues. <laughs> Vicky from India. We have a lot of our Indian friends on today. Cool. He says amen. So. All right. Praise Hi, God, Vicky. Vicky. Yeah. We haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah. So no matter what they taught me, I knew that I had experienced in that first church, the kind of fellowship was real and scriptural. And it would cause me to be on a spiritual pilgrimage. Amen. <laughs> Until I came in contact with the Holy Spirit once again. And we need his presence, guys. You see, God the Father sits on the throne. Jesus sits at his right hand. But where's the Holy Spirit? Can anybody answer that? He's down here. He's here. He's the general of the church. The Holy Spirit is down here with us. Amen. Don't you love the Holy Spirit, the precious Holy Spirit? And uh, we need his power. We need his presence more than ever before. When you experience the real thing, everything else seems less. My desire is that we would all experience everything the Bible teaches that is ours, our possession in Jesus Christ. Amen? I want to follow, follow on the, the Holy Spirit's path and go the way he's leading me. Amen? And I hope you feel the same way. We want his power, his, his presence, and gifts functioning in our lives. We should never fear the gifts of God. Sometimes we do that a little bit because we don't understand the supernatural realm. We don't understand the kingdom of God. I mean, it, it's a power and a presence. It, it, it's here, but we don't see it with our physical eyes, but we experience it in our spiritual eyes. Amen. And so never resist the working of the Holy Spirit, right? Praise God. Let's look at Luke 11, 11 through 13. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fi fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, so your heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit. But some people resist that. I, I don't know what that is, why? But they just don't want to receive the fullness of the Spirit. And... Um, God wants us to be filled up with him, amen, and his kingdom. Praise God. Blessings will come by the Holy Spirit, and it will enhance our Christian life and experience. The key to this verse is the word ask. You have not because you ask not. How many believers today are not asking? You know why they're not asking? Because they're not seeking. And you know why they're not seeking? Because they're conflicted. They see this world, and they're moved by the power of this world, right? And the temptation of this world. And it takes their focus away from seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How sad that is, you know? I mean, Satan took Jesus to a high place and said, hey, you worship me and I'll give you all the things of this world, everything in this world. And Jesus said, you should serve the Lord your God and him only shall you worship. <laughs> so don't be tempted by the world, but draw near to God, and the Bible says he will draw near to you. We must ask God for the Holy Spirit and his blessing in our lives. 
Jesus went on to tell a parable. He talked a lot in parables, which are kind of mis- mysteries, right? They're an earthly story uh, telling a, a, a divine or heavenly truth, right? But a lot of people didn't understand the parables of Jesus. In fact, I believe that's the hardest things to understand in the Bible is his parables. I'm still intrigued by them, okay? But the greatest parable in the, in the, that Jesus taught was Sower what? Sower in the seed. You plant that word in your heart and faith arises. Hallelujah. That's what you have to do. And then you produce a 30, 60, 100 full crop in your life. Not you, but he does it through you. Amen? Praise God. Jesus told a, a story about the persistent neighbor. Hey, you guys have any persistent neighbors? <laughs> and uh, this guy got up in the middle of the night, went over to his neighbor's house and started banging on the door. <laughs> you know, I need some bread. I need something. I, I'm, I'm short, you know. It used to be in those days you could ask your neighbor for something. Now, they, now they, that doesn't happen anymore, does it? You know, yeah, can I have a cup of sugar? Yeah, we don't even know your neighbor. But, uh, but this guy kept hitting on the door, and, and Jesus said the guy didn't get up because he was his neighbor. He got up because he was bugging him. He kept knocking on the door. That's persistent prayer. It's prayer that doesn't give up. It's relentless. Lord, I won't be satisfied till I receive your likeness in my life, you know? Yes, Jacob wrestled with God. I won't let you go, Jesus, till you bless me. <laughs> now, that's what we need, guys. That's what, that'll change your life. If you don't do, have that kind of faith, nothing will happen, right? God is impressed by your faith. If we ask according to the will of God, we will receive, but we must be diligent and persistent in our asking. The great American evangelist, Dwight L. Moody, you ever heard of him? Yeah. <laughs> was to have a campaign in England. An elderly pastor protested, why do we need this Mr. Moody? He's uneducated and he's inexperienced. Does he think he has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit? (laughs) A younger, wiser pastor rose and responded, no, but the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on Mr. Moody. (laughs) You know, all of the greatest preachers from Billy Graham to Moody to Finney, all these guys, George Whitfield, all of them, had an experience with the Holy Spirit. They all came into contact with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're teaching on this today. But it's not just for the preacher or some special person. It's for everybody. We all can be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Power. Speaking to a large audience, Moody went on to say, he held up a glass and asked, how can I get air out of this glass? Anybody got an idea? How do you get air out of a glass? Well, one man shouted, suck it out with a pump. And Moody replied, that would create a vacuum and shatter the glass. Hey, that's pretty astounding, right? Astute. After numerous other suggestions, Moody smiled, big smile. You know what he said? He promptly picked up a pitcher of water and filled the glass. (laughs) There, he said, all the air is now removed. We need to be filled to overflowing. Jesus said out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living water. Praise God. Rivers of living water. Torrents of living water. Let's drink of the Spirit today. Shall we all? We should. There is victory in this Christian life. And that was one thing that eluded me for so long. I knew there had to be victory in the Christian life, but I didn't know how to obtain it. And then I was in a teacher's meeting. What year was that? Somewhere around the 80, 
1981 and uh, a devotional meeting with the, all the teachers before class. And I had been seeking God for his power and presence. You know, if you will find me, Jesus said, when you seek for me with all your heart. And uh, I'd been seeking the Lord, and the Lord knew that, you know. Oh, wow. That's right, last night. You know, I didn't tell you girls. The Lord told me I'm a man after God's own heart. Anyway, and I don't say that gloating or proudly, but it's, it's in my heart, okay. Uh, and, and, you know, even John said, the one in whom Jesus loved, right? <laughs> uh, praise God. So I'm in this teacher's meeting, and I want the Lord's power, and I want to understand righteousness. We, a lot of us don't understand righteousness. Because we know in ourselves we're not righteous. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. But when we receive his righteousness, the gift of righteousness, we reign in life to the one Jesus Christ. Amen? And once you understand that you've been made righteous, a lot of Christians, oh, it's hard for me to receive that. But you have. You have his nature. His seed dwells in you. He's in you. (laughs) That's why you're righteous. Amen? So that's what I wanted to understand. And then the Holy Spirit came, and warm oil fell on me. You know, I mean, come on, there was nobody laying hands on me. It, it, it was supernatural. And it started on the top of my head, went all the way down to my feet. Nobody know, knew what was happening. I knew it was happening. I was being filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And um, I was filled up with the presence of the Lord. And you know the evidence of the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you right now, and the evidence of the body of Christ is the love of God, the agape love of God. I walked out of that meeting and I began to hug people with a love that I I can't even explain. And I'd say, I love you, I love you. And they were like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, (laughs) why are you doing this? And I was like, I felt God's love so strong. And I I just wanted to hug him and say, God, God loves you so much. His, His presence and his love is right here for you. And then I went back to my room before the session, the day started with the kids coming in, and I began to lift my hands and worship the Lord. And the second thing that happened, I recognized his power. Boy, you know, and I, I've, I felt his power in my hands. I mean, I can feel it right now, and they're in my hands. That power is his presence being expressed to people. You shall lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Virus, go in Jesus' name. I command this epidemic to cease right now in the name of the Lord. We bind its power in the name of Jesus Christ. And variants. And variants. All of that. Across the nation, across the world. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Yeah. We have authority. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Well, that was free. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is coming to our planet, guys. Get ready. He's gonna have, we're going to have a visitation of the Holy Spirit very soon. And it's going to be so miraculous and so amazing that if I were to tell you, you wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't even believe it. It would tingle your ears. Can your ears tingle? (laughs) Uh, And and what God's going to do in this last days, we are living in the last days. And he's going to pour out his spirit like the world's never seen. And millions of people are going to come to Christ. That's what it's all about, guys. Forget your worldly possessions and all the things of this world, they're all going to pass away. It's, it's, it's living for Christ. That's the only thing that will last, right? Praise God. We should pray, come Holy Spirit. Everybody say that. Come Holy Spirit. Yes. And fill us up. And fill us up. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Before we see the Holy Spirit's work, we need to understand who he is. A lot of people don't understand him. He's the third member of the Trinity, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is where you really come in contact with the Lord in an intimate, uh, and he manifests himself, uh, uh, knowledge. Let's look at John 14, uh, 16 through 17. Have we done that one yet? Praise God. Look at those beautiful, can you shoot those um, sunflowers? Look at the sunflowers. Christy, our second daughter planted those. She does it every year. I love the sunflowers. Uh, they make you feel happy, you know. <laughs> okay, John 14, 16, 17. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you and will be with you. See, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. It's the word in the Greek is paraclete, the one who walks along beside us, right? I love this when you watch the stories of Jesus, uh, like the chosen, uh, where Jesus walks beside the disciples. Yeah. He didn't walk ahead of them. He walked beside them. The Holy Spirit walks beside us. Dad, can I also read on verse 18? It says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And that speaks because yes. we have a lot of um, ministries that are ministering to orphans. Yeah. Very good. I love that. We, we, bless, we bless all the children of the world, yeah. Yeah. especially the orphans and the widows. Yeah. Amen. In Jesus' name. Yeah. You know, I grew up with teaching that was false and said that the Holy Spirit would convict you of your sin. The Holy Spirit doesn't convict a Christian of sin. He convicts the world of judgment and righteousness. But not a Christian. The Holy Spirit is your friend. He's the one that goes along beside you to comfort you and teach you. Now, he'll show you when you're missing it, <laughs> right? And you'll know it and say, oh yeah, Lord, I'm missing it here. And, but, but he's not going to convict you in the sense of being judged. The Holy Spirit will not judge a Christian. You've been freed from judgment. You've passed from judgment unto life in Jesus' name. Amen. And he is your friend. You know, I mean, who wants a friend that's always judging you? Isn't that the worst? You know, get off my back. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit isn't like that. You know, the, the friends, my wife's like this, the, the best friends in life are the ones that overlook your sin, right, <laughs> and your trespasses, and they still embrace you, right? And, and mercy triumphs over judgment. Better know that. That's powerful, right? So some people want to always point the bony finger and want to judge people, but Jesus said, judge not, lest you be judged. <laughs> Don't cast that stone <laughs> because it's coming right back at you, right? Yeah, and if you put a finger this way, you got three coming back at you. You ever notice that? <laughs> So let's not judge one another. Let's love one another. Amen? And forgive one another. Jesus forgave us. Praise God on Calvary's cross. The Holy Spirit is a person that you can enjoy and have a personal relationship with. Praise God. He's not an impersonal force or essence, but rather a person who speaks. God speaks. If you listen, you'll hear his voice. God will talk to you through the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's a person who can guide you and help you and empower you, as we mentioned, and he can teach you into the truth of God. You know, it's funny. Christians have a sense what's right, what's wrong. Right? We all do. You know why we have that sense? Because the Holy Spirit's in us. We all have the same Holy Spirit, so we know it. I mean, I usually can sense when I'm around a Christian, even if I don't even know them, 
I could get a sense, well, I think that person's a believer. Why? The Holy Spirit's showing me, right? Because <laughs> we all have the same spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is recognizable. Amen? Uh, let's look at these facts. Jesus is born. Amen? The Spirit is his forerunner. Praise God. Jesus was tempted. The Spirit let him out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's always been something I've been fascinated with. Why did why was Jesus led out in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? And I think, you know what it was? It was his last, well, it was the devil's last attempt to try to stop Jesus. But it was also Jesus' last test. He was tested before his ministry. Before his ministry. A lot of times we're tested in our lives. God does it for a reason, right? And Jesus passed the test, by the way. And you know, when he came out of the wilderness after 40 days and 40 nights fasting, golly, that's a long time to go without food, right? And uh, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, man shall live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. You always defeat the devil with the word of God. You see, we, we don't realize what a spiritual battle we're in. Use the word against the enemy. It'll defeat him. The Bible says, resist the enemy and he will what? Flee from you. Praise God. John the Baptist was the forerunner to Jesus. And uh, he said, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. He's so much greater than me. And I must decrease that he might increase. Right? Mm -hmm. And then Jesus said, you have to baptize me, John. And John said, I, I, don't, I can't baptize you. He said, no, it's, it must be fulfilled. I must be baptized. By the way, guys, I hope you've been baptized as a Christian, you know, in water. I mean, that's important, right? Uh, it doesn't save you, but it's an important act of obedience. And then they went down into the water, and when they came up out of the water, I believe they both went submerged under the water. When they came up, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came like a dove and rested in a bodily form upon the Lord. You get that? Bodily form. No one has ever been filled with the Holy Spirit like Jesus. He had the Spirit without measure. Yeah, we have it with measure. <laughs> but as the body of Christ, though, we have much more measure, right, when we come together. That's why you Christians that aren't going to church, you need to be back in church. The Lord's telling you right now. You think, well, this pandemic, you know, and I'm, now i got my chance to stay home and watch uh, TV or something. Get back in church. Get back fellowshipping with the body of Christ. Amen? It's so important. Dad, we have yeah. a hello from Yeboa Isaac. Wow. Uh, he's one of our top Yeboah. fans. So. All right. Hi to you. Blessings. And where, where is he? I think he's actually in um, Africa. Africa. All right. Praise God. But tell us where you're from if that's not where it is. <laughs> and Josh and Oliver and Maggie are all commenting and saying, fill me up. And amen. <laughs> amen. And all right. They're liking it. <laughs> what great things are there in the character of God and which are not really found in his Holy Spirit. Amen. It's all found in the precious Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. What titles which belong to God are not also applied to him, his Holy Spirit and his work in our lives. He is called the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the mind of Christ, <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has called me or proclaimed, uh, to proclaim, uh, the, to set free the captives. 
and to speak the acceptable year of the Lord. And you know what? We're in that acceptable year of the Lord again. It's, it's, it's happening right now. The, 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 the spirit of jubilee is coming upon the earth. <laughs> you know, we've been in a state of mourning, you know. Uh, uh, mourning isn't at the nighttime, but joy comes in the morning. I mean, I'm sorry, morning at night, but joy comes in the morning. And God is going to turn this situation around with the whole earth mourning over this pandemic. And joy is going to come. Tremendous joy is going to come upon the body of Christ and the people of this earth. Praise God. The spirit of adoption. We've been adopted to become sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. The spirit of liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Bless America, Lord, in Jesus' name. The Statue of Liberty that stands in the New York Harbor, that speaks to liberty, right? And that's not there by mistake, guys, either. You know, America is called in the last days to do something great for God. I really believe this. And, uh, wow, I'm, I'm getting that right now. And uh, we're going to do some mighty things for God because this nation began with God and it's going to continue with God. And uh, we're a people that are called to trust in God and God alone. It's still on our money, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And the Spirit of God is the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord leads to wisdom and knowledge. Praise God. The Holy Spirit, as I mentioned, he's our comforter. He's our helper. He's our paraclete. In John 16, 7, it was to our advantage that Jesus went back. You know why? Why was it our advantage that Jesus ascended back to the Father? Because the Holy Spirit would come. Amen. The comforter would come. Your friend would come. I remember that's the one thing that I, I, I when I came to the Lord, is Jesus is a friend of mine. <laughs> you know, it's hard to find friends these days. You know, we don't have a lot. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, a true friend sticks closer than a brother or a sister, right? Jesus is your friend. The Holy Spirit is your friend, and he's close to you. When Jesus was on earth, he could only be in one place at, at a time. Isn't that interesting? Now, God is omnipotent. He can be everywhere, omnipresent. Uh, but Jesus in the human form, well, wow, that's a loud sound back there, uh, could only be in one place at one time. But now he sits at the right hand of the Father, but the Holy Spirit is ever-present everywhere. Amen? Praise God. So he's here, and he's out there where you guys are, and everywhere around us. Amen. When the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost, everyone had a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. You get that? It's about being personal, intimate. That's what God wants. I'm sorry, but he, he's, he wants to be intimate with you, you know? I mean, I would say, as far as our marriage, you know, 40 years of blessed marriage, the thing that's probably kept us the closest is because we're intimate, right? Body, soul, and spirit, we're, we're intimate. And that's how God wants to be in your life, intimate. You know, he, he, he wants to, he's knocking at your door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I'll come in and, and fellowship with him and he with me and or she with me. So God is knocking on your door because he's an intimate God. He's not aloof, right? right. Some people are aloof, you know, like, hey, I can't even get close to you. And I don't know why people like that sometimes. They just won't let you in, right? God wants to let you in. He wants to come in. I like that, yeah. you know? 
I mean, I've always been that way with you, right? I've always been kind of persistent, right? But you know what? That's what makes a marriage work. Yeah. If, you don't, if you're not persistent in, in saying, hey, I got to know what you're thinking. Right. I got to know what you're feeling, right? God's doing the same thing in your life. He wants to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. I hope you feel the same towards him. Yeah. Amen? The Holy Spirit, our precious friend. Well, praise God. This guy, Meradian, of the, he, he discovered, or he went to the North Pole. And to discover, well, oh, I'm sorry, he went to the North Pole and to the South Pole. In one of his trips, he said, I'm, I'm humming around like a pigeon is with me. <laughs> when he finally reached the top of the world, he opened the bird cage and set it free. So he had a bird and he set it free. Yeah. Imagine the delight uh, in his wife's heart when he came back to Norway. He'd been to the top and the bottom of the world, right? No doubt, she exclaimed, he's alive. My husband is still alive. The bird declared he was still alive. And, and if you go to the North Pole, South Pole, <laughs> you probably wonder, are they still alive? You know, I don't think they get cell phone service there, probably. <laughs> so it was when Jesus ascended. He was gone, but the disciples knew the promise of the Holy Spirit was coming. Praise God. What joy. The disciples had continual reminder that Jesus was alive because of the presence. And see, that's how you know Jesus is alive because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? When you feel his presence, you know Jesus is alive and he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. This continues to be the Spirit's message. God's Spirit is omnipresent, meaning that he can be present everywhere at once. Try that. <laughs> but you know, we're here, but we're there too. We're here on earth, but we're also seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. And we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Praise God. Yeah, we are. It's like putting a, a, a box in a box. Uh, I mean, it's, I don't know how to explain it. See, some things you can't explain in the kingdom of God, right? I mean, they say if, if, you, if you don't, if, if you, you try to explain the Trinity, you'll lose your mind. <laughs> it's like thinking about eternity. Think about that for a while. Uh, but if you deny the Trinity, you'll lose your soul. We're not going to deny the Trinity, are we? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. How acquainted are you with the Holy Spirit? That would be the question the Lord would ask. Do you, do you know my, my Spirit? Do you know my Holy Spirit? Do you know me? How acquainted are you? For he's the one the Lord has placed over the church to guide, direct, and empower. If we neglect the Holy Spirit, then we'll be ineffective as believers and as a church, right? And uh, that's what we need more than ever before is the Holy Spirit in our lives. Here comes a little guy. There he is. All right. The Holy Spirit is the power of God, you know? And uh, some people say, well, I I don't want I don't want to speak in tongues because that's weird and I think I don't get that and <laughs> Paul said I speak in tongues more than you all he's the greatest evangelist there ever was in the church and uh, it's great to pray in the spirit because it brings you into greater contact with God doesn't that make sense though if God's spirit and we're spirit how do you connect with God you do it through your spirit and he gave you a language a spiritual language that you could connect with God without speaking in your known language, but this special spiritual language. <laughs> At the Tower of Babel, 
Babel, Babel, Babel. What did God do at Babel? He separated their languages. He scattered, scattered them because they all, well, he was, one guy was talking to this other dude, and all of a sudden, what are you saying? I don't know that. What it, what, he had a new language. I don't know. And so nobody could understand each other, and they all scattered. What did God do at Pentecost? He restored, he restored the language of the Spirit <laughs> to all believers, right? That we all speak the same language, the language of love. Amen? The language of power. So the Holy Spirit is the power of God. We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I already did that. Well, you know what? You need to be refilled and refilled and refilled. Jesus told the disciples, wait in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. See, we should say, Lord, I'm not doing anything till I get endued with power. I want power in my life. That's what I wanted. Catherine Coleman, the great evangelist and healer in the 50s and 60s, you know, she said, when you find the power of God, you find the treasure of God. Hallelujah. We need the Spirit to come upon us now more than ever before. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit came like what? On the day of Pentecost. Like a mighty rushing wind, right? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. <clears throat> and tongues of fire came down and rested upon their heads. <laughs> Is that amazing? Fire. There's fire in the name of the Lord. Amen. John said, I baptize with water, but he that comes after me, he's more mighty. He'll baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's The church needs fire. We need fire. And after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I knew his presence. I want more of it, though. I'm not satisfied with just this. <clears throat> Moses said, I want to see your glory, Lord. <laughs> that's, that's, that's gutsy, right? I want to see it. God said, okay, Mo. <laughs> Mo. <clears throat> I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'm going to pass by you. Oh, that the Lord would pass by us. Amen? And I'm going to show you my glory. But you know what, Moses? You won't be able to see my face because you, no man can see the face of God. One day, the Bible says, we will see him face to face. And what does the Bible say? <clears throat> Excuse me. We will be like him. Whoa. And we'll see Jesus face to face. So the Lord passed by Moses in the cleft of the rock. And he covered him. And then he pulled back his hand, the Lord did, and let Moses see a portion of God's glory. Yeah. His, his, his behind parts. Right. You know, he couldn't see the face. You know, one of my favorite movies is uh, the Jesus movie. Uh, Ben-Hur. And uh, Jesus is in it, very short. But Ben-Hur is dying of thirst. And the soldiers are there and guarding him and, and keeping him from having any water. And Jesus shows up, and he takes a ladle of water and hands it towards Jesus, I mean towards uh, Ben-Hur, and uh, the centurion looked at Jesus like, you can't do that. I'm not going to let you do that. And Jesus looked right at him, and the guy started trembling, and he, just, he couldn't do anything. And there, Jesus gave water to Ben-Hur. But you never saw the face of Jesus. That's what I loved about it. Sometimes I like movies where you never really see his face. Because we don't know what he looks like. 
Do you guys know what he looks like? I, I think he might have piercing blue eyes. But uh, that's just a thought. Okay, I don't know that. Praise God. The Greek word for power, as I mentioned, is dunamis, miracle-working power. Why would the church resist miracles? God says, I'm for signs and wonders. Well, we're going long today, aren't we? Sorry, guys. <laughs> Look at Bonnie. It's okay, praise God. <laughs> I just looked at the time. and I, Okay. Help you guys are staying on, too. Don't be clicking off now. There's nothing else out there so good as this. <laughs> the sp- power of the Spirit brings beneficial changes. Everybody say that. The Spirit benefits my life. He daily loads me with what? Benefits. God wants to benefit your life. He wants to make it better. The world will bring you down, okay? But Jesus will bring you up. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, Catherine Coleman, as I mentioned, uh, the presence of the Lord was so strong on her that, you know, some, certain people, the anointing is so strong. When, they wa- when you walk by a person like that, you can sense this power upon them, this presence, this, this anointing of the Spirit, you know? And um, I've always been drawn to the anointing because I know when people have that anointing and I, because you know, you know why? Because it's the Holy Spirit. It's not them, but it's the Holy Spirit in and upon them. I've always felt God's presence in my hands. Oh, we say, pastor, what are you talking about? Well, what does the Bible say in Acts? God did signs and wonders through the what? Hands of the apostles, right? (laughs) Jesus laid hands on people, right? (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's look at Acts 5.12. Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. Praise God. And you know what? Um, you can also feel his power in your speech. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's, you know, the anointing is kind of strange because I've had people stare at me like they, they, they don't know what it is, but they know there's something, something. unique or yeah. something about you. They don't know what it is because the world doesn't understand the anointing, but they still can recognize it, right? They're going to recognize it again. It makes them wonder. Yeah. And they're going to come to the Lord. Okay. That anointing draws you in to the kingdom of God, right? And what is the anointing? It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what the anointing is. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. I'm wondering that um, Maggie's still on. Oliver's still All on. All right, Let Maggie, Oliver, you guys are hanging on. I love that. <laughs> Good. Okay, 1 Corinthians Happy 2, birthday, 4. Maggie. Yes. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but actually in the power of God. Right. And uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of fancy preachers out there that have a lot of fancy words. But Paul said, hey, I want to know about your power. (laughs) I'm not that interested in in all your uh, persuasive speech. Where's your power? And Paul had the power of God moving in his life. When he came to Ephesus, he did, says, amazing miracles. Extraordinary, unusual, that's the word, unusual miracles. They would take a handkerchief and lay it on Paul. That's the anointing. And then they'd take that handkerchief and put it on a diseased person, and they'd be healed. Or a a demon-possessed person, the demons were cast out. Keep it flowing, Mr. Huffman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep it flowing. 
Charles Finney described his mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit descended on me in a manner that seemed to go through my body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going over and over me. I've felt the same thing, guys. It is like that. It is pure love is what it is. The Holy Spirit is pure love. Praise God. But Finney said when he, he experienced the Holy Spirit, power came upon him like he had never experienced in his life. All of the great preachers, as I mentioned, had the power of God on them. And they moved in the giftings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God on earth. When we feel the Lord's presence in our lives, that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. And all Christians should recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. And they should recognize an anointing on a person's life, right? That's being used of God. They'll know what it is. I've had so many people say, hey, man of God, man of, you know what man of God means? It's a prophet. A man of God is a prophet of God. And people know whether a person's a prophet or not. Not a prophet like Jesus, he was, but there's the prophetic anointing that comes upon people. There's the apostolic anointing that comes upon people. Evangelistic anointing, Men Billy Graham. Men and women, yes, exactly. <clears throat> the Bible says the earth is filled with the glory of God, but most people are unaware of it because they're not looking into that realm. Moses said, Lord, if you don't go with me with your presence, I'm not going, I'm not going, <laughs> yeah, right? That's what we should say. I'm not leaving the house till I know, Lord, your presence is with me. That's how much Moses wanted God's presence in his life. And when he came off the mountain, <laughs> up there with the Lord, his face shone with the glory of God. He came down with the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, which are still as true today as they were then. And uh, he couldn't approach the people because he had this glory upon his face. And he had to cover himself with a veil, right? The separation, the veil is the separation. That veil was rent. Where was it rent? On Calvary's cross, Golgotha. And the temple was rent from top to bottom. This giant curtain was torn apart. And God said, now you can come. You can come into my presence. You can come be with me. Praise God. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I felt like the Lord was reminding me about Billy Brim. Oh, yeah. You had... She yeah, I don't know. Hey, Billy Brim, I don't. You don't know me, but I'll tell you. One day, you, <clears throat> I was in a church, and um, we fell. We kind of fell to the ground to pray, and she came out and started prophesying. And there was another guy next to me, and he was like, kind of a, you know, star preacher yeah. guy, and I was a nobody, right? A nobody. <laughs> Isn't it good to be a nobody, but then be somebody? And uh, she walked around us. And she started prophesying and said, millions, you will bring millions of people to Christ. And I knew that prophecy was going to me. Now, I don't know about the guy next to me, but I knew for me, it was for me. And that our ministry would reach millions of people. So praise God. And then you say she was kind of looking at me like, why is this guy in this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was going, who is this guy? He's in the way. He's, what, what am I doing walking around him? But see, I began to shake before that happened. Uh, the power, always I seem to shake when the power comes. And God was shaking me right then. And then this word of the Lord came to me about reaching of millions of people for Christ. But you know, it's funny. It, it doesn't 
changed me one way or the other. You know what I mean? Some people get puffed up if, they, if you know if they become famous or they do something great. Uh, they get they get egocentric. They act differently, right? And what happened to that dude, boy? What's she doing? You know, and it's like you got to be the same, <laughs> right? You got to be genuine. And no matter what happens in your life, don't let it change you. You know what I mean? Whether even good or bad, it it you you stay the same. But you but you don't really stay the same because you're becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Amen. And the key is humility. It really is humility. And Jesus was meek and lowly of heart. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll bring healing to you, says the Lord. Well, we should all pray that the precious Holy Spirit would come and reveal himself in a greater dimension in these last days. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you and praise you for the word. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm praying, Lord, for those that are lost. You're without God. If you died, you're not going to be in a good spot. (laughs) You need Jesus in your life. Because really, Jesus is the reason for everything. So if that's you, pray this prayer in sincerity. All you have to do is ask and mean it. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me my sins. I repent of my sins. I turn to you, Lord. I want your precious Holy Spirit to dwell inside me. I want to know you and be filled with you. I ask now that you'd be my personal Lord and Savior. In your precious name I pray. And you Christians, the Holy Spirit, I feel this strong. There's a lot of you out there. You're not walking with God anymore. You kind of just left the church. You left God. But you still know you're a Christian. You can't deny that. You need to come back to the Lord. You need to come back to his power and presence in your life. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I, I, I've, I've went my own way. I turned away from you. I walked away from you. But now I'm going to walk towards you. Lord, I want to draw near to you. And I know you said you would draw near to me. Come now, Lord, and be that power and presence in my life. In your name, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey, did you get anything out of that? (laughs) I hope so. You know, an hour with the Lord is better than 23 hours not with the Lord, right? So, I mean, praise God. Okay. All right. One of the same. Psalm 91, for those of you who are still struggling with the pandemic and closures. and Just power in the word. Yeah, power in the word. Psalm 91. Be filled with his presence and power, guys, today. And let him move in power with mighty miracles and signs and wonders, which are coming so soon. Hey, we'll see you this week for our mini broadcast. I like those mini ones. They only last like three or four minutes. You can hang on for that long. And uh, blessings to you. We love you in the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening to Light Words with Pastor Scott from Lighthouse Church Ministries. You can tune in live every Sunday at 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. God bless. See you next time.